This episode of the Quaddy Potty is brought to you by our good friends over at Stridal. That's right, Stridal, where entertainment meets opportunity for the horse racing industry. Head to strider.com now and get shopping on their marketplace where you can sort through all the best available yearlings for purchase for this upcoming racing season. Great opportunity to get in on the ground floor with some very talented horses. So head to strider.com right now and get shopping. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports presents the Quaddy Potty for a Cox Plate edition. Cashy joined by Nico. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Pretty good. Cox Plate, so exciting. Looking forward to it. Yes, 100%. Um, and just before we really go into anything, because we've gotten a lot of Cox Plate an- uh, questions for our listener questions, just a forewarning, we're going to answer all of them in our Cox Plate chat later. Yep. But I thought it'd be funny just to go through uh, just some of the, the fans' thoughts and just uh, see what we think of their thoughts. Um, your brother says, who wins and why is it fangirl? Idiot. <laughs> Benny O'Brien says potentially romantic warrior Brightside and blood in a very tight finish trifecta. Don't mind that. Max Cheatham says if romantic warrior runs to it best, nothing stops it. He even says warrior militarize and blood in that order for the trifecta. Yeah, don't mind it. And um, so, yeah, so that's what the fans are thinking. We're going to go through runner by runner later on in the show. So if you've if you've submitted a listener question to do with the Cox Plate, the runner by runner will answer that. Yep. Well, the Cox Plate current field. We had a couple of Cox Plate questions for horses that maybe should have been there. So, but um, before that, of course, let's just go through last week quickly. We had the Caulfield Cup. Winner, winner, winner. Cashy gets it right after months of saying without a fight, top five horse in the country is going to win the Caulfield Cup. What happens? Without a fight wins. It was good, mate. Well done. Well done to you. It was a tough one to pick. Um, but yeah, I just want to talk quickly. Gold trip. How do you? What are you? What are your form points out of there? Obviously, it's probably one of the other big horses that you got to take out of it because it's probably going to look at. Obviously, reigns up again this week for the Cox Plate, and we talk about it a bit later. But um, Melbourne Cup as well. So, what are your thoughts? Um, personally, I think um, it was a bit unlucky. I think if Mark Zara was on board, if it gets that clean run, it, it almost wins. So. It um definitely copped a check from from Mark Zara himself. Yeah, very small check as they went past, um, which I thought was funny. And also, unfortunately, I know Mark Zara has come out about this, and he thinks it's not too fair to comment on. But he did break the the whip uh, protocols. He, he whipped too many times on without a fight. If that happens fairly, if um let's say he does the same thing on um Gold Trip. Does Gold Trip win the Caulfield Cup? Yeah, look, Gold Trip, incredible considering the weight. Um, arguments that he could have won it. Arguments Westwind Blows could have won it if it didn't miss the start there. Another horse, Sulcum, missed the start by five lengths. Always. What do I tell you? It always happens. I even put a video out on our socials explaining it for some of those who don't actually watch the races and just like blindly go Sulcum. I just wanted to let them know this is why you keep losing money. Of course, 3,200 in the Melbourne Cup might not be as big of an impact, but we'll touch on that Melbourne Cup edition. But 
Yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, like I said, copped a little bit of a check going past with Mark Zara. That was hilarious. Um, but yeah, if he gets a cleaner run to the line, Zara on board, maybe he gets him over the line. But I think he was he was there to win, had his chance. And I think the weight at the end of the day was the only reason he didn't get up. But um, he's much well suited, better suited at the weights in the Cox Plate, as we'll talk about later. He doesn't have to give the rest of the field four kilos. So into the Melbourne Cup. I just want to. I want to bring. Oh yeah, sorry. Keep going. So keep I was going to say, in the Melbourne Cup, I don't think he wins the Melbourne Cup. I'm not going to say he's a pretender yet, but I just think he'll have too much weight. It's very hard to win a Melbourne Cup two years back because of the extra weight penalty they give you. We all remember Twilight Payment won. I think it was 2020 or 2019. I can't quite remember. The very next year came out with just a ton of weight. Tried to lead all the way yet again, ended up fading because just couldn't do it with the weight it was given. And I think Gold Trip probably. Doesn't suit at the weights there. But, yeah, I think Cox played his prime for a very strong winning chance. What did you want to uh, I just want to bring up, obviously, the suspension as well. Um, obviously, it's nothing new in racing. No, it is not. This um, is the way it's always worked with racing. But I think this is, like, honestly, this. I've thought about this forever, but I'm only going to speak about it for the first time now. This is so stupid that they have these rules for jockeys mm-hmm. and they say – there's a whipping protocol. As soon as you go over, we'll ban you from racing. But you get to choose when this ban starts. You can still ride in the Cox Plate. You can still ride mm. in the Melbourne Cup. But as soon as that finishes, you got to serve your how, how many weeks here? How many? Uh, I think he. Oh, now that I've, uh, I don't know, it's it a fifty thousand dollar fine and at least enough meetings that he would have missed the Cox Plate. Yeah. Like what? What? What kind of system is that? That's ridiculous. Uh, like there was it, that. It just proves mm. in the big races. You don't need to follow the rules. There's rules yeah. there and like, by all means, jockey, I could not be a jockey and I could not count how many whips you do, but it's a part of the sport. It's a rule. Every other jockey's followed it in the race. He's won the race. I'm not saying without a fight. Should be any, stripped. Should be stripped at all. No way. That's definite winning chance. But when you look at the penalties, they need to get these penalties served as, the, as soon as they happen. As soon as they give them the penalty. Yes. They, he needs. I understand it's a bit unfair. Oh, see, this is where the argument comes in. He's already booked in for the Cox play. He's probably booked in for the Melbourne Cup, like under the tables, like with with trainers and with owners. Um, but at the end of the day, he ultimately, that could have been the reason he won the Caulfield Cup and that's one of the higher-end races in Australia. It's a it's a talking point for sure. I think personally, uh, I'll go back to a similar instance earlier in the year where there was just as much outrage. James McDonald, best jockey in the country, best jockey in the world, um, gets suspended midweek at Randwick Kensington for dangerous riding. Um, gets told, "No, you can't ride in the Golden Slipper," and he goes, "Bullshit, I can't." Appeals, gets off. Yeah. So similar in the vein that. Got suspended, then ended up getting to ride in the big race in the end. Didn't end up serving really anything. Or it got reduced, very heavily reduced to about like two or three meetings, which meant by Saturday's meeting, you can do it. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this when they say, oh, seven meeting suspension, that's seven weeks. No, that's seven meetings, not seven Saturday meetings, seven meetings. So that's usually just a week suspension because racing happens every day. Yeah. So, um, it's very rare that you'll see people banned for weeks on end. Usually it's only when they cause a big fall. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's 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 crazy 
I think the suspension system, the way they have it set up with like the fines and the length of suspensions is perfectly fine. It's the fact that, like you said, you they get, get to, to choose, choose pick and when. choose when. Uh, it, it's it's a tough subject because it is like, especially Cox Plate Week, it's the week after. Um, if Mark Zara is off Gold Trip, they're all scrambling to find another jockey. But to be honest, oh, Ben, ben Mellon just sticks right in. I don't know. It's a tough line, but I just think that. It's not going to stop anything. Like the no, commission's looking at this, like, oh, we'll fine him fifty thousand. Yeah, um, how much do you reckon he won on the weekend for the Caulfield Cup? Well, jockeys usually get ten percent. Ten percent. I'm not how sure much? what the split is with the Caulfield Cup, well, but it made, would have been uh, the suspension would have his prize money would have paid the suspension fine. Easy. So, yeah, definitely a talking point. I think they need to really look into that because um, at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. And a lot of jockeys, if I was a jockey coming second. I'd be fucking pretty angry that yeah. I lost a Caulfield Cup because someone fucking cheated. Honestly, if you can't wrap your head around it, punters, let's go back to maybe give you an analogy that's more mainstream sport. Andrew Gaff knocks the shit out of Andrew Brayshaw and gets six weeks quite fairly. Um, and then didn't he end up missing out on the grand final that year? Was it the same year? Imagine he got to yeah. pick, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll serve my suspension next year. Yeah, I'll serve it after the granny. I'm so sorry. It's guilty. I didn't mean to hit him, but I'll serve it after the granny. Yeah, it's part of the game. Like, that's what Mark's always cut Part of racing. You don't, you're in the moment. Caulfield Cup, it's a big race. You're just not thinking and it just happened. I think oh, it's I just think. a shame that it happens in the big races and then the spotlight gets put on it because it happens every week. It, it happens does every, happen every week. week. It you does. Know? Joe Blow could get suspended at the Tuesday Newcastle meet and go, oh, I'm already booked for a big stack of rides on Saturday. Can I serve it next Monday? And they're like, yeah, sure. But then I think the pressure should be on them for these big races in particular mm. that they they can't go over these whipping rules. They like It's there for a reason. This is the top three races in Australia, yeah. the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate, and the Melbourne Cup. These three races, you can't be breaking these – Whipping rules. Simple as that. It is really tough. I, I think it does need a rejig. What's the point in having a whipping? Like, yeah, exactly. No, I'm, it, it I'm needs, sorry. Like, it needs a I understand a why we have the whipping rule. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But um, a lot of gray areas coming out of this, mate. Yeah, it, it needs a restructuring. Like I said, I don't, I don't think – some people have been saying, oh, without a fight, can't be – to take it off him. Give it a West Wind Blows. I don't think that's probably it. You can't do that. I think but- only if you're whipping it like – 10, 20 times more than the other horses. It was only a couple of times over. Still, that should necess- necessitate a jockey being taken off. Stripping the horse of a race just for a little minor um, breach of the rules is a different story, I think. To go to the connections and be like, yeah, you didn't win a Cox, um, COVID Cup. We've reviewed the tape. He whipped it one too many times. Would be very hard to justify, in my opinion. 100%. But, yeah, the suspension system needs a restructure. I think... In particular, the reason I'm more mad at it is what I've I watched a video um, on Twitter of Mark Zara speaking. I don't know who to, but um, Cameron said, "Yeah, it's just racing. Like that's just the way it goes." Caulfield Cup, like th- that happens. I think in that, like his justification behind why he did it and how it's so normal is the reason how bad it is and why it needs a restructure. Anyway, mate, enough dribbling about that. Yeah. That was. Not on script at all. I just wanted to bring it up. Um, no, it's perfectly justified. Yeah. Perfectly justified. I mean, 
We'll, we'll move away from Melbourne because you didn't have the best day in Melbourne either way, but yeah. hopefully bouncing back this week. Not a lot to discuss from Ranwick at all. It was a bit of a nothing day despite them going, oh, spring wild card day, get down to the races. Really good crowd though. I was there and I was surprised at the amount of people there. Um, only real talking point coming out of it, Zach Lloyd had an absolute shocker and now rides in a, a Cox plate, so he's a bit out of form. Like, I don't know. That's the only real talking point coming out of it is that he was would have been hoping for a little bit more um, momentum coming out of last week's meet. So, you reckon Waller agrees to this ride on militarising the Cox Plate before this Saturday meet or does he just back Zach Lloyd's abilities, backs the lightweight? What are your thoughts? Well, he was already booked. So, <laughs> win, lose or draw on the weekend, Waller would have been watching and going, well, fuck, he's booked anyway. So he could have had an amazing day and be like, yeah, I'm a genius for putting him on. I don't know if he was he, – his confidence was raised, lowered or whatever. Um, I Apparently, Lloyd chased the ride and credit to him. He's gotten a cock plate ride. Now he needs to stand up and say last week, form's temporary, class is permanent. I may be an apprentice. I may make some mistakes from time to time, but I am going to be a big-time jockey one day. I can win a Cox Plate, and so I hope he does. It's awesome. I think the last time an apprentice was in this big of a position was, I think, Chad Schofield when he won the Cox Plate. I'm pretty sure he was still an apprentice. If not, he was just out of his apprenticeship. So I think it's only good for racing that these young guns are getting big rides. He just needs to be able to bounce back after a couple of high rides that made a lot of punters very mad last week. But apart from that, mate, let's listen to questions. Uh, A few interesting ones here. Hobbo. He asks, what do you think of this idea? It's bold. I'll preface that. The Everest to introduce a 13th slot, which is exclusively for a horse who wins the spot by competing in a qualifying series, similar to how they determine the million-dollar chase Greyhound field. He thinks it would give smaller stables a chance of potentially experiencing a massive prize money race. So I don't know how they'd structure it with the slot owner. Maybe Racing New South Wales owns the slot and gives it to whoever wins this bonus qualifying series. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you indifferent? Uh, dogs are very different from horse racing. I think it it has merit. It has merit and it's a good idea to get those um, different stables involved. It definitely help, would help the marketplace for horses come about because if you see mm. those um, cha- cheaper chances getting a run in those big races um, in the big biggest sprinting race. In, yeah, think about it. $70,000 purchase into an Everest winner. I don't think it's a bad idea but I think it's, um, yeah, dogs can back up a lot easier than horses so it, it, the structure would be very hard to put. So Yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. The only change I'd make to that idea is potentially – uh, next time a slot came available, Racing New South Wales um, just kept it for themselves and bought it or the ATC um, used their slot going forward. Their slots come up every three years and usually they get renewed. Both times, most of them have been renewed. I don't remember many who have actually decided not to renew their slots for the next three years because uh, I think just 12 is the perfect number for the race. I think, you know, 12, you know, can't complain with 12 of the best going head-to-head. But, yeah, not adding that 13 slot, maybe using the 12th slot whoever owns it deciding, yeah, let's set up this scheme because I think it's got merit. It just needs to be done the right way. Um, uh, Benny O'Brien asks, should Amelia's Jewel have waited for the Cox Plate instead of going to the two-rack because that two-rack ran obviously ripped her off from the Cox Plate? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, big fan of Amelia's Jewel. Um, yeah, it's um, it slipped out of my top five. 
Um, but I do think I don't know. It's a tough question because um, hindsight's a really yeah, great thing. Exactly. So, um, do I think it, it probably has the same run in the Cox Plate if it runs in it anyway? So exactly. I don't think it matters. I think it saves a bit of embarrassment for itself by going in the two racks. So. Exactly what I think. Yeah, because yeah. what did it under in the two rack was the big occasion. Didn't like the noise. Didn't like the um, the pressure. Apparently, you're going to get that tenfold in a Cox Plate compared to a two rack. So. Run shit in a two-rack, no skin off your nose, you can always bounce back. Run shit in a cox plate, you just look silly. So I think she can go to the Golden Eagle now, bounce back, build herself. Next year, they're either – apparently the plan is if she's still tracking towards these longer distances, cox plate maybe again. If not, they're even thinking about maybe chasing an Everest slot because we've seen her sprint before. We know she can. She's that versatile. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, Less embarrassment by uh, going shit in a two-rack. Matthew Correa said he's a big fan of the show. Thank you, my friend. Shout out to you. Legend. Uh, what's our early predictions for the Oaks and the Derby? I'll go through that pretty quickly because we're not really- <laughs> It's tough. You it's, don't really know who's yeah. really going there yet. There's a big couple of weeks coming up in um, down in Victoria to kind of see where that goes. So personally, I do not have anything for you, mate, because um, I, I don't follow Victoria Racing as much as I follow my New South Wales Racing and I just- I don't know which horses are going to go there just yet, mate, so I'm sorry for that. But I uh, think- The Derby, I think, you know, maybe a Tom Kitten if he comes out of the spring oh. champion stakes well, the week back up. I don't, know, do if well. I don't know if he'll go down. If he goes. Um, if he Madat- does, Madatsu, the Kiwi horse, uh, sneaky little preview for my tip later. Um, I know that it might be going. Uh, Snowman might be going. I could see that running well there. Um you know, your Riff Rocket, your favourite, obviously he's going there, but if it's going to be able to perform like it did a couple of weeks ago compared to last week, remains to be seen. The more race I'm confident on is the Oaks. I know quite a few horses that are going there, and I'm on Zardozzi, um, $5 currently, uh, if you want to go get it on the futures market. Uh, I've been on her for a long time. I'm on her just about every start. She's always wanted more ground. She finally got it last start and shit in at about $10, so that was Really good. So I'm happy to be on her in the Oaks um, if she goes, which I'm 99% sure she is. Uh, and then finally, mate, uh, Cody Mags asks, can we please redo each of our top five horses in the country that we debated quite heavily earlier in the spring? You go first, my friend. Um, yeah, mate. Mine's probably changed a little bit after recent big races. Um, honorable mention to Imperatriz. I think she – is one of the best horses, but I think she just misses out. Um, but she's up there for sure. So my top five, I'm going to go, I wish I win. Um, no particular order, by the way. I wish I win. Think about it. Gold Trip, Mr. Brightside, and Alligator Blood. Fair enough, mate. Uh, in no particular order as well, um, I've got Without a Fight. I maintain that. I've said it many times. He is a top five horse in the country. Um, think about it. Everest champion, can't go wrong. Imperatriz uh, should probably be winning a third group one of the spring. Um, not Actually, not third group one, but third big race of the spring this weekend. Then you've also got Mr. Brightside and Fangirl, both the two milers in the country, uh, one and two in the King Charles Stakes. They're absolutely dominant when they get to the mile. Um and I hope they continue to go head-to-head many more times in the future. So, yeah, that has to be my top five in the country currently. Fair enough. Um, all right, mate. Before we go into anything else, of course, 
Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and our podcasts. We're slowly getting up there. We're hoping to reach 100 eventually, 100 five-star ratings. We would love to see it. I think we're somewhere around the 60s at the moment. If we can somehow get that before the end of the spring, that would be awesome. So if you're listening right now, whack that five-star button. And also shout out to our good friends at Dabble, all right? You can whack any of the tips that we put on from this podcast. And the basketball's just come back, mate. NBA, mate. Soccer's on. Hachimura absolutely stuffed us up today. Yeah, but- if you were on our tip today, Hachimura, we needed him for eight points. He got six, three for ten. Stinker. But um, Idiot. Yeah, if you go to Dabble right now, download the app. Link's in the show notes as well as you can just download it on the app store. Sign up using the code MOCKSPORTS. Click the copy bet button on any of our tips. It'll go straight into your bet slip. Put as much as you want on. But if you do so, gamble responsibly, set a deposit limit, and think about what you could be buying instead because we're really getting to the pointy season of punting season in the country. And please, bet within your means. Don't go betting the house on something that could be spent better elsewhere. Maybe taking your lady friend out to dinner. Maybe paying your mortgage, okay? (laughs) Think about it, punters. 100%. Yeah, so join the almost 25,000 other punters. Just about to hit our 25K mark. Very exciting. Um, On Double. And yeah, get with us now. So yeah, thank you, Double. All right. Track report for Randwick. The weather is fine. Track is good for currently. We've got some rain scheduled for Thursday and Friday, but not enough really to get us too wet. I would think soft six maximum, soft five maybe, um, or just a good four with a bit of cushioning. So it's not going to be rock hard if that rain does come down. If it doesn't come down, expect rock hard, fast track, try and get to the front and go, go, go. But the more the rain comes down, the fairer it'll be on the day, in my opinion, with the rail back in the true position. So you just got to monitor that on the day. The last few weeks, it's been rock hard. Go, go, go. We just got to monitor that rain. Race one, uh, midway, always tough to pick. I'll go vindication. Pretty simple. Yet to win at the distance in eight tries. So that reads shocking. But, I mean, the potential on pace bias on the day, I'm happy to back it. Uh, it's split Mogo Magic and Smashing Eagle. Uh, earlier on this year, those are two horses that I have a massive, 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 massive high opinion on. So I think $5.50 win, $2 each way. It's good enough for me for vindication in the first. Gone Lancaster Bomber here, uh, although another dreadful record to go off, 62 starts and seven wins. 18 at the track, hasn't won at the track. Jeez. $14 chance, $3.70, but your, your midway is your best chance here. Punters are a tough race. You can do whatever you want. I don't really mind how you go. How good's are. a midway? Some of those records, jeez. Midways and highways, always hard to pick. Race two, mate. Race two, the benchmark 78, just as hard to pick at the 1,200 meters. A bit better, to be honest. Um, Pioneer River, obviously decent form to go off. Um, fourth place last start um, two lengths behind the winner um, there and then your other favourite is Sevenak $4.60 11th barrier is a bit of a worry Um, hasn't won at the distance 0 from 6 but um, yeah has won at the 1000 metres so extra 200 wouldn't be too bad Um, I'm going to go dollar magic here $7.50 for the win Um, last two starts one at Warwick Farm one at Tamworth um, wasn't too far off, only finished just a nose behind the winner last start at Warwick Farm. And then um, just under three, under four lengths, sorry, behind your your winner over at Tamworth. So not too bad for him to go off, 55.5 kilos. Reese Jones on board, Dollar Magic will be my tip for the second. I'm happy to take Wizard of Oz here in a very open race. Been super without winning too many races this prep, but has found himself sticking to the task in some stronger fields than this, in my opinion. Should push forward from the wide barrier, hopefully doesn't get 
caught too much of a speed battle uh, if he gets caught wide and hopefully just pushes all the way down the straight. $11 to win, $3.20 to place, and you'll notice, punters, I'm usually more of the favorite backer of the two, but I'm looking for a lot of value today on Spring Champion Stakes Day. As we move to the highway, looking for value again, you've got Iron Will. It's a horse that is a highway stalwart. You know he's going to be there slash thereabouts in the finish, and I can currently grab each way odds for him, so why not chuck some money on him again? Um, $6 to win, $2.20 each way on Iron Will in the highway. Fair enough, mate. Um Bit of a tough one for me here because um, my tip has an unknown jockey. Um, hasn't been I think put I know down who you're yet. talking about. Love Shuck here, $12, $3.70. Won its last start at Wagga at the Class 2. Um, obviously, the Class 3 for this one. Um, second up here, it's um, it's going to be my um, bet for the race number three. I so. can explain that because um, it's also planning on potentially – running in a stakes race later in the card. So they have yet to decide which race they'll be running in. Obviously, the highway will be an easier task, but uh, that is why it currently says unknown jockey there for Love Shark. <coughs> if, um, if, if it gets a scratch or goes super extreme, $11, $3.50 for a backup tip, punters. Fair enough. Race number four here, I'm going to be real simple. Benchmark 78, 1,600 metres, your favourite, your best chance here in my opinion. $2.80 sequestered, two wins on the trot, been really good. Getting up to the 1,600, it's going to be nice. Yeah, took the words right out of my mouth. Scalp the likes of Gaza Blanca on Everest Day. and We know I like that horse, long-time listeners of the podcast. know I love the way that horse goes about it. Lightly raced four-year-old for the Cummings camp. Looks to have a ton of upside, Nick. I can really see it rising through the benchmark grades and getting to better races than this. Um, 1600 should suit. $3, fair price, sequestered in the fourth. We go to race five, 1200 meters mark. Keenan and La Parain most likely set the pace here with horses such as Barber. And my tip, General Salute, coming from the rear. I like General Salute. I really do. The form doesn't read amazingly, but go back and look at the margins. That's where it comes into it a bit more. I'd love to see it over 1400, 1600 meters, even though it failed on Golden Rose Day because it was just simply outclassed. Uh, this is more of its class. This is more of its class. I think it can get up here. Much easier field. If it can get a hot tempo, he has the turn of foot to get over them in my mind. He was only finishing a length off the likes of Cylinder and Tis Invincible earlier on in the spring, so that's amazing form to be going off. So happy to take a stab at the $8 and $2.70 each way odds on General Salute. I'm on Barber here, $5, $2 for a place. Um, been on this horse for a lot of its starts, um, but yeah. Decent chance here. It's going to be my tip in the fifth as we move into the sixth here. And I reckon this is one of the races of the day, mate, in my opinion. Um, 1,800 metres. I think you've got about six or seven horses here under the $7 mark. Um, wow. Numerian, Hoyta, No Compromise, um, Sabak, Hinge. Got Fireburn in there as well. Zarek. Jeez, what a race in my opinion. Um, no Compromise is your favourite currently at $5.00. I'm real. I'm real stuck here. Hinge is a good one as well. I think I'm going to have to go hinged. Um, in my opinion, punters, I'll be staying away from this race from a punting point of view. Hinge will be mine. Comes down obviously in class. Um, Five dollars here should be a, a decent tip if you want to go there. But I can have a good look at Fireburn as well. In my opinion, uh, Fireburn, ill. Wouldn't touch that with a stick. Um, Eat your words. I can't wait. Uh, but uh, hinged. Uh, yeah, deserved favourite, and surely, 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 this is where she gets her win. It's D-Day. If she can't really be winning this or at least threatening, then I don't think I'll be putting any money on her again in the future. Um, she's had excuses all throughout her career, always running against the likes of Animo and Fire. Um, fangirl, gets away from them, has heart problems. So now 
gets to be in a class of races that's not the likes of a Brightside, Fangirl, Animo. This is probably that second class of middle distance horse in the country that's a winnable field for her. Hopefully pushes to the front, produces a fast run home. $4.80, I'm happy with it. Race 7 and 8 are in the tip-off, mate. So we'll go to race 9, the calendar Presnell, 1,600 metres. All things considered, punters, Arctic Glamour should be winning, but I can't have it that short in a race like this. $1.90, no way. Get it away from me. Um, I'll go namesake. Has the form of my boy Osmosis, which is something I like to see. Quite frankly, he's always been a horse that screamed mild to me. Finds it here. And Mayer and Eustace, they always need to be respected. And at the price, I feel like that they have not been respected here. So I'll happily take $9.50 to win and $2.60 to place, considering it's paying more than that short price favourite to win. Namesake for me. Yeah, I'm going Snowman here, mate. I think it's a decent chance here. $6, $2, $5. Clippo and Waller on board. Can't complain. Um, Going to go for it here. Good form behind Tom Kitten. So good form to go off. As we get into the last, mate, benchmark 78, the 1400 to finish. Gringotts is your favourite $2.50 and I think it's your deserved favourite and I think it's going to be my tip to end it. So I've got to keep it pretty simple, Gringotts. Yeah, Gringotts is boring in the last to be going in the favourite, but I have to be on it. Um, Townsend Horse should be beating this crew, sits behind the leaders, stalks them, flies past them in the straight, in my opinion. As we conclude the Randwick Rundown and we head to the great tip-off, we've got four races to discuss the Manicato Stakes, the Invitation, the Spring Champion Stakes and, of course, the Cox Plate, the big chat that you're all here for. Um... Mate, with that without a fight win, I'm starting to gain on you. You're still up in, I think, the top five or six. You're now uh, follow a wide tipping comp, so you're still beating me. I'm currently sitting 16th. I'm only about nine points off you now, and as you can see in some of my tips, I'm chasing a bit of value so I can gain on you. There's only three weeks or so left, still plenty of races because we know how many races there are in that little 10-day period that surrounds Melbourne Cup, but... I want to. I want to get you. Okay, I can't lose punter of the spring two years in a row. I need to get you. So we go to the Manicato Stakes, and mate, I mean, they're all scared off from Imperatrice. It's a very short field, um, which is not great to see. Dollar forty-five favorite Imperatrice. You've also got the likes of Uncommon James, I am me, Buenas Noches. They all go there to try and pick up uh, some prize money as well as even maybe knock off the short favorite. What do you make of this race? I think Imperatrice wins. Um, but for our tip-off sake, I'm going to have to go with some value because punters, if you're not in our tip-off or you don't know why, um, the way we do our tip-off is we go off odds and at the moment, every other horse to place is worth more than Imperator's to win. So if you back a roughie, it's a better chance than if you're back in favorites because we found in our first tip-off we did a lot of people just back in the favourites. Yeah, we um, went 3 2 one. We went 3 and 2 We one. did that with ourselves and, as well. Um, you look, if you're getting three points for an Imperishers win, when you can, everyone can pretty much tip that. And then you back, let's say, the Inferno wins today and someone back that, that's worth three points on the same day. You know what I mean? It's probably not. You, you should get more value for tipping the roughies. So we go off odds. So, um, Every other horse in the race is so, yeah, worth so more than Imperatrice. Imper- Imperatrice wins. Imperatrice should be winning, but punting-wise, you need to look for a bit of value, and tip-off-wise, you do as well. If you're desperate to get on Imperatrice, please put it in a multi. Don't put $1,000 on a $1.45 shot. That's how you can quickly lose $1,000 for not much return. Um, so who are you looking for around the favourite? Oh, It's tough here, mate, but I'm going the Inferno. Always, really? always runs well at Mooney Valley. True. Um, I reckon it'll 
cling on for third. I know it's no third dividend, but in our punning club, we um, we go on third yeah, place. Yeah, the, the points will pay out to third place. I'm going the Inferno for a third place for a $6.50 payout. My goodness. Uh, I'm going I am me. I rue the day that I jumped off I am me on Everest and it got up at $8. My God, I've been on it every start of its career. I finally get off and what happens? So I'm back on now. J-Mac wrote it to perfection that day. Should write it to perfection here. Can't say why it shouldn't be coming second behind Imperatries. I'll be getting on that Quinella. I'll even maybe be getting on the Exactor in case I am me gets over the top. I might stand them out there for a little bit of extra value, but yeah, I am me. Um, we go back to Randwick. We've got the Invitation. Um, I think last year was the first running of it, maybe the year before, not sure, but it's one of uh, Peter Volandi's big money inventions, female horses only um, that you can get. Actually, I think it was two years ago because I'm pretty sure Ice Bath won the first edition of it, <laughs> and that was another one of oh, our yeah. famous Ice Bath debates that long-term listeners will know, and I think <laughs> this time last year we had the same one when you got her off in the Empire Rose. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good race with good memories for us. Um, Espiona is your favourite. You've got alcohol free, still trying to chase some prize money to make up for that $10 million buy. Royal Merchant, Ruthless Dame, Opal Ridge, Roots, Magic Time, Parasol, Alentia, Banana Queen, Osprey Flirt, Dalcini, Rosetta, and Russian Conquest. Nick, thoughts and why? I'm on Espiona, $3.30, seventh place in a um, Everest, 2.8 lengths, off thinking about it. Didn't run poorly. Um, gets the extra 200 metres. I think that's benefit beneficial um and that was the reason in our opinion that she probably couldn't win the um because she wasn't at 1400 meters she is a 1400 plus horse 100 mile horse even 1200 doesn't suit and i think 1400 is perfect so the invitation espiona three dollars thirty definitely liking it yeah i don't blame you but just like always i don't touch espiona with a 10-foot pole um, she's just lost me too much money in the past for me to ever be on her. Opal Ridge for me uh, comes out of the Kosciuszko, a second in the Kosciuszko. Obviously, Everest and Kosciuszko, chalk and cheese when it comes to form lines. Um, you know, you've got the Everest of the country versus the actual Everest. But, I mean, she's deserved to be racing at a higher grade than highways and Kosciuszkos for a while now. Gets her chance here. I think $10 is a great price. Dill Gibbons on board should give her an absolute peach. Sit behind a hot tempo, show a hand late. Best value chance around Espiona is the favourite, in my opinion. As we go to the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes, a couple of years ago, won by Fire, not Fireburn, same silks. Um, uh, oh, no. I've f- forgotten his name. Oh, we were so obsessed fun. with him. Um, we were obsessed with him. He was so like a $2 million buy. Profondo. 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 I've literally just had Jeez. a I'm, It's late in the day, boys. I'm getting <laughs> hungry. And I'm uh, not doing yes, well yes, over yes. here. Um, okay. I'm going to go crazy here. You're going to call me crazy. You're going to call me stupid. I alluded to it earlier with the derby. I'm on the $50 chance Madatsu here. Um, these three-year-old stayers have been dreadful, in my opinion, this spring. They take turns. <laughs> they absolutely take turns. The form lines have been all over the shop, so there's nothing suggesting that a roughie coming from a win in Kembla Grange can't get up here. You know, your Riff Rockets should have pissed in last week and went down. Tom Kitten should have pissed in about five starts since gone down. So three-year-old stayers, I think, very average this year. So anything can get up. So I'm not that scared going a $50 horse. Um, should sit middle of the park, fly late, while horses grow a second leg, second up. Sorry, they grow a fifth leg, second up, which he gets here. That helps. I mean, conditions shouldn't matter, no matter if we get rain or dry. $50 to win, $9 to place. 
I'll take all the points in the world, different places. I think it finds its way in the money. If it wins, I'm a genius. I'll get a tattoo of our logo. Are you kidding me? If Shake my wins. hand. If it wins, I'll, I'll get a tattoo of Done. We've got that on film as well. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Kitten. That was dirty. Just to be even more boring. <laughs> Great run um, on Everest Day. Should have won. Almost won. It was a real tempo track leader track that day and it almost came out of nowhere and won. So, yeah, good one in my opinion. Fair enough, mate, as we now move on to the big one, the Cox Plate. All right, mate, time has come to dissect the Cox Plate runner by runner, sorting the pretenders from the contenders. We've done it for two races so far, the Everest winner. Caulfield Cup winner. So two from two so far when we're doing this this year. We're looking to go five for five. Hopefully we can find the winner here. What are your thoughts on the Cox Plate in general, the field that's been assembled? Yeah, welcome, mate. Obviously not our normal setup, guys. Um, couldn't get into the studio today. Just wanted to put that out. So we've got a dip, bit of a different setup for those that are watching on the YouTube. But um, yeah, man, good field to line up. I really like it. Um, Got a couple of good chances, a couple of good horses. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a cracking race. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's the 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 racing purists' best race in Australia. It's one of the yep. racing purists' best weight race in the world. Best weight for age race in the world, they say. Um, and for a reason. Like the way, if you're not um, aware, punters, the way the Cox Plate set up is a special committee at Mooney Valley specifically choose the field. They hand select the field to ensure the highest quality possible. So, you know, you've got your nominations like any race, but then, you know, instead of the camps going, now nah, we're going to go there, we're going to scratch, or a ballot system where you've got to earn so much prize money or run to a specific rating, the committee go, no, 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 you're too shit for this, get out. You're not racing this year. Actually, no. you know what? You horse from Europe, you are good enough. Come over. We're officially inviting you to run. We'd love for you to run, and they say, yeah, 100%, we're racing the Cox Plate. And then come barrier draw time, to add a little bit more spice to the mix, it's a random barrier draw in the sense that, you know, the horse comes out like any other barrier draw, but instead of drawing the horse, then their barrier, you draw the horse and the trainers and connections, they get to go and pick from the remaining barriers. Okay? So it's very interesting. It's a very tactical affair, the Cox Plate. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Um, yeah, big day on Saturday. We um, in our cricket, if anyone really cares. But um, <laughs> yeah, we 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 got two hundred, so we're gonna try and bowl them out early and get down to the pub and watch the Cox Plate. But um, yeah, a bit of bit of controversy happening in our game back at there. But um, yeah, looking forward to the Cox Plate, mate. So I'm so keen. Are there any winners and losers that you thought from the barrier draw? Um. Not in my opinion. I know you have else opinion. Yeah, um, I, I reckon. We'll get into it a bit in a in a while. I think um, for the main part, most of my contenders and pretenders stayed the same, but there is a bit of a, a halt. But um, yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, well, before we get into the runner-by-runner runner, um, breakdown, what we like to do for most of the big races, we go through the key facts, stats, trends that the punters need to know before making their tip. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here are the key facts and stats that you need to know before making your pick in the Cox Plate. So, you've got 53 of the past 83 winners have jumped from barriers 7 or lower. Yeah, 100%, mate. So, as we discussed with the winners and losers, you know, we'll go through them in the runner-by-runner, runner, but there's certainly... 
some horses that would have preferred to be drawn softer because of that stat. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you look at the some of the ones that have gone a bit wider. Obviously, the Yazakis and your other ones. Zaki probably looks really good going into this race, to be honest. But um, pulls that outside barrier gets a bit of a worry. But um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, on that, um, you've also got barriers one and two are the only barriers to not have produced a winner in over 20 years. Very barrier-centric stats this week, punters, um, and for good reason. At a track like Mooney Valley, barriers can be everything. Because it's such a tight-turning track, you need to be able to find the right part of the track, eh? 100%. And then no horse has ever won from Barrier 12, so that brings Zaki in again. But yeah. um, if any horse is going to break that curse, I think it will be Zaki. But I'll get into that when we talk about him a little bit later. Um, but, yeah. Interesting one, mate. Barrier 12, no winners have been produced from Barrier 12. Yeah, Barrier 12, and I think maybe Barrier 14 as well, which is irrelevant this year as only 12 horses have come. But, um, yeah, in the 101, this is the 101st, the, uh, the history of the Cox Plate, 12, yet to produce a winner. So Zaki has to defy quite a long history in winning this weekend. Um Favourites have a 41% win rate in the Cox Plate. So usually, on average, 30% to 33% is the national standard, yep. but a 41% win rate for the favourites in the Cox Plate. Yeah, it's not too bad, mate. And um, you look at a, your favourite at the moment, Romantic Warriors, sitting at $4, and that's a good price to have, even if you want to have take that favourite, and I can respect that. So if you want to look into that, punters, you can. Um, we look at the four-year-olds here. They've won the last... They've won 14 in the last 32 editions, which is the biggest trend out of all of them, I assume. Yeah, 14, uh, sorry, four-year-olds are the most successful age group in the history of the Cox Plate. I believe they've won just under 30% or just over 30% of the entirety out of its history. Five-year-olds come next when it comes to the successful age groups. But yeah, 14 out of the last 32 editions. And I believe the only four-year-old in the race this year is Victoria Road, that European uh, raider, as we'll discuss later. Um, then we've also got, since 2009, all Cox Plate winners have finished in the top three in their previous start. So the last 13 years, all horses that have gone on to win the Cox Plate in their previous start, they finish in the placings. So keep that in mind when you've got some of these horses that didn't quite do that last start. Fair okay, that is the stats over and done with. Now, mate, we'll take a quick look at the speed map. Here and it's a bit of a tricky one to figure out because it's a just another piece to the Cox Plate jigsaw puzzle. Hundred percent. Who do you think pushes forward? Yeah, pushes forward's a, a real tough one. I think obviously Zaki from the barrier is going to have to get out. Has there. to cross. Has to has work to hard cross, to cross. Has to work out. Obviously, you've got the the short straight at Mooney Valley and um, leaders really like the track. Um, in saying that, obviously, Amelia's Jewel and Imperatures, those two wins on Moya Steak Night, they did not lead and they sit just behind at just, a, just about at the pace. So, um, not necessarily leaders win all the time, but you do see that trend that they need to be up there. Because it's such a short straight. So yeah. Short straight, you, you miss an extra 200 from other tracks. So, do you think Zaki gets the lead over? Blood, since Blood is drawn softer, do you think Blood will be okay to take the sit behind Zaki or he'll run forward and try and get that lead and pressure him and make Zaki sit outside him? It's a tough one. I really haven't thought about it as much when I probably should have, to be honest. I think um, Zaki's going to use a lot of petrol, mate, to get to the outside. I think I think Alligator Blood will push um, Zaki Put the pressure as, on. as much as it can, but it's not going to give it its all to 
take Zaki out of the game because Zaki's going to use a lot of petrol to get to the front. And um, I think Alligator Blood, it's it's one of his one of the top horses in the race, one of the top chances in my opinion. I don't think it'll be too worried about other things around them. I think they'll have a pretty solid plan going into it. And um, I don't think it'll burn too much just to keep Zaki out of it. Fair enough. And then the back markers, you've got the likes of Gold Trip, my Oberon, uh, Duas and Militarize. They're all going to be the ones to probably launch late. But from their respective barriers, they've all drawn barriers that should actually let them sit a little closer than they usually do. Militarizers especially, they picked that barrier for that reason. So they hope that he doesn't get all the way to the back, that he can sort of sit maybe top of the midfield, off the pace. Um, goal trip, they can do whatever they want from that barrier. They can go back if they want or sit closer to them. Do you think we could see a swooping victory here? It's going to be hard, obviously, like we mentioned before, with the short straight. You're not going to see those horses like, I don't know, it's going to be hard. Gold Trip, obviously, um, it's really been kicking, I'd say, probably about the 400 metres. And how's it going to do that when it's, it's bending? Going around the bend going to bend. being in the straight. Um, unless it really hits the inside and really gets a lucky gap, which it probably won't in a Cox Plate with um, so many competitive jockeys, so many competitive horses out there. Um, it's it's a real tough point, and it yeah, it's going to be a tough one. So I, I it's got to be up at least around the pace, just about just behind for it to win. If it gets too far back, you can ride it off. I don't think it's going to be coming from too far back. Fair enough, mate. Okay, we'll start to go through it now, runner by runner, guys. We're going to go horse by horse. We're going to say if they're a pretender or if they're a contender. We're going to let you know if we think they can win and why or if they can't win and why. And then at the end, of course, give our tips and our top four across the line. So we go Romantic Warrior, mate, the current field favourite, the number one horse with the saddlecloths. What are your thoughts? Uh, straight away, well, I just want to do something a little bit differently today um, okay. with, our, with our fields. I just want to name um, a couple of form points that we look at and then we'll name our contenders and pretenders. So we've got Fair Romantic enough. Warrior, obviously the one start in um, Australia, fourth place in the Turnbull. So that's the form that you've got to go off, obviously, um, for this race. Contender, in my opinion. Um Favorite for a reason, ran pretty well, and I was pretty happy with the way it looked first up, and it's just going to get stronger. J-Max, real confident. Um, had no doubt not booking in on it. Um, yeah, definite contender in my opinion, and um, for, for good reason. Yeah, the Turnbull seems to be a very strong form on this year, of course. Um, they produced second third in the Caulfield Cup last week. Of course, longer race, different setup, but still strong form lines um, coming there, and the big thing with Romantic Warrior is everyone seemed to write him off immediately following that um that run. But on face value, the trainer said all week, yeah, he's at 80% fitness right now. He's going to need the run. But they were very bullish and the whole industry was very bullish that he was just so good. His 80% was better than our horse's 100%, which just didn't eventuate. But we do know that his 100% surely is better than quite a bit of this field. So we know that he's going to be up there. Trainer's confident, J-Max confident. He has to be a contender. He's favourite for a reason. Ride him off at your peril. Um, Perfect barrier as well. Yeah. Could not have drawn a better barrier. I think I'm happy to look for value around him, but he is a lock for all exotics, as you usually should be putting a favourite in your exotics. Especially for the Cox I'd be pretty surprised if he's finishing out of the top four. Yeah, I, I think he'll be up there. Um, if he doesn't win, he'll be top top two, I think. So we move to Zaki, mate. I'm going to go contender here. Obviously, the form line going out of it was the second place last um, the 
King Ru- King Charles stakes? King Charles. It was going to run, but then the elevated temperature oh, either no, the day did, before or on the day got scratched. Um, right. Comes out of the last start. Would have probably been the seven stakes, if I'm not mistaken there. Seven stakes behind Think It Over. Yes, the seven stakes behind Think It Over. Um, ran pretty well there. Just um, Think It Over just got there in the end. I was on Zaki that day. Um, 10 out of 10 ride from Nash that day yeah, as well. Yeah, 100%. Think it over. So, um, that's that's your form you need to go off, obviously, and then um, your third place to start behind Fangirl. But um, you get the extra 400 meters here, punters. Um, look, I'm going to go contender only because um, I do have a soft spot for the horse and um, I think it's got a decent chance, but that barrier could we'll not have been worse. Um, it's going to have to obviously use a lot of petrol to get to the front. However, it hasn't really been out of form lately. It's um, I think it's run pretty well in the first two sessions of its of its prep, third up um, should be even fitter and then extra 400 metres should benefit it. And I really think the short straight really helps with a leading horse. Um, if Zaki can save as much petrol as it can to get, get to the front and try and, or get into a spot where it can kick on, um, I think it's a contender and it, it could be one of my better value plays. Um, but look, the barrier does say a lot. So you can look into that how you want to. How about you, mate? Yeah, he's a huge value chance. Um, $18. When do you ever see Zaki at $18? I believe he was $26 earlier in the week. And for that reason alone, if you're a fan of the horse, I wouldn't blame you for getting on because you're never going to see him at that price. <laughs> but I've got him as a pretender purely because of that barrier. I had him as a serious, serious contender pre-draw because he looks like he's got no signs of slowing down in old age. Yeah, he's had a couple of um, hiccups here with, you know, the elevated temperature uh, in the autumn, his prep was severely delayed because of a little bit of a misstep. But this spring, he's shown no reason why he can't win another big race before he um, sets off into the uh, the sunset of retirement. But uh, yeah, that barrier. The, I just, I think he's going to have to work hard to get to that lead. He has to defy a lot of history, like we said. If he'd drawn softer, he'd be in it. But I think he's top four chance at best, and thus he has to be a pretender. If I really can't see him winning the race. Logic states I have to go pretender. But I do think the jockey upgrade to Damien Lane's huge because last 100. year, Jamie Carr on board, Jamie Carr out of form at the moment. Damien Lane, one of the best jockeys in the country and the world, in my opinion, goes on board. I feel like, like I said with breakup last week, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pure Damien Lane peach that gets him up here. Yeah, 100%. So we move to horse number three, mate, Mr. Brightside. Interesting one here. Yeah, definitely some good form to go off. Um, four starts this prep. It's been the horse of the spring so far, obviously. Um, yeah, had one, I think, five straight, including an all-star mile until he faltered and came second in that King's Charles win, absolutely smashed by Fangirl. Yeah. Um, I'm going pretender, mate. Could be surprising to some, and I know there'll be a lot of comments in the TikToks, but look, um, extra 400 metres, it just doesn't have me confident enough to back it as a winner. Um, I'll eat my words if I have to, but... Um, it's only raced at the 1600 and it's best at the 1600. Um, you get an extra 400 meters against the top horses in the world, uh, in Australia and the world actually, yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to – it can win, so I'm going to have to go pretender. Mate, I'm actually agreeing with you here. I thought that was going to be my big call of the race, but you've actually come in here and said the same thing um, purely because he's had three goes over 1600 and he's really shown no signs that he can run – with the best of them at the 2,000-meter mark. Like, I mean, I'm more than happy to put my nuts on the line and say he's not going to win the race. Top four chance, maybe. 
like like you said, there's going to be a lot of hate in the TikToks, especially if he comes out and smashes them. But I'm happy for it to go through the keeper. I'm happy for him to win without my money because I'm that confident that he hasn't really threatened. He's chased fairly. He's come two, three lengths off them every time, but he's never really been in that finish at the 2000 mark. He's a pure miler in my opinion. And I don't know. The only thing that really brings him into this is the second barrier. Okay, yeah. the second barrier allows him to really sit off that pace and then try and get that suck run going around the turn. And he loves Mooney Valley. No one can dispel that. He absolutely loves Mooney Valley. So the love of the track and the fact that he's got a soft barrier brings him into it. But one for the exotics only, in my opinion. 100%. Okay, we go to Alligator Blood. Interesting one here um, for sure. Um, obviously, his form points to go off for his his win last week. Um and the, the mind power stakes. The mind power stakes. Tick that two thousand meter box. Yep. Um, hasn't won at Mooney Valley before. How so many goes has he had at Mooney Valley? Three, I think. Two, sorry, two goes at Mooney Valley. Hasn't won. Hasn't okay. Placed. Okay. Interesting one. I'm going contender. I think. Um, although he hasn't won at the distance, um, not at the distance at the track. I think Mooney Valley is a um, race track that's really going to suit him. I think he's. Drawn perfectly, barrier five. Um, it's going to kick on the inside and then just sit on the um, on the fence up, up, up top at the pace, and um, should kick away and hopefully get the win. In my opinion, um, yeah, one of the leading contenders, if not the leading contender, in my opinion. Like you said, two goes at Mooney Valley. Um, I mean, last year was Cox Plate. I can't quite remember where that other start came. Um, but, I mean, I think it was a serious forgive. He, he drew the car park last year, and so he had to burn that petrol. Here, he gets a pretty good barrier to be able to try and get to the front, get that rail, like you said. Um, he ticked off the lead longer distance with authority in the Martin Power Stakes. Yes, that was against a field that is not of the quality that comes here at the Cox Plate. I can admit that. And it didn't really blow the, you know, blow the clock away. But still, we know that he's going to get the trip. We know that he'll probably get the lead here, which is how he likes to run. Um, and if they pressure him, he relishes pressure as well. He doesn't back down from it like some horses, like Azaki. I feel like Zaki can sometimes go to water when they pressure him. Um, but blood relishes it, as we've seen this prep just last start again. They pressured him and he just absolutely gapped them. So, I don't know. He was the first out of the barrel as well. So, they picked five specifically. They got the pick of everything they could have picked one if they want but they went no we want that barrier we think that's his best chance of winning so clearly the camp's confident i think you'd be stupid to leave him out of any exotic and he's one of the leading chances for sure contender 100 um so gold trip now this is the really he's tried to go corporate cup cox plate melbourne cup twice in a row now and you don't often see horses do it ever let alone two years in a row I reckon this is his best chance to win a Group 1 this spring. I think at the weights, he's not a Melbourne Cup winning chance in my opinion currently. I need to see how he runs this weekend and if he bounces off it well. Um, but, yeah, I think this is probably his best chance. The form is, of course, the Turnbull, which um, produced the second and third from the Caulfield Cup, which included Gold Trip. So, obviously, strong form lines there. Um, and it also might produce Romantic Warrior as well. If Romantic Warrior comes out here and blows him away, it's another strong form line through the race. So, he, clearly, he's got the right form line to be around. But, mate, is he a pretender or a contender in your mind? I think he's a contender. Um, I really was impressed with his run last week in the Caulfield Cup. 
I thought. Considering the weight, he was The tremendous. weight he had. Um, I, did, I feel like he had a bit of traffic there as well. He wasn't. He, he did. didn't have a clear run. If he had a clear run and um, probably if he had Mark Zara on board, he, he probably wins the race. Zara, like, Zara gave him a whack on the way by. Yeah. Without a fight and gold trip came yeah. side to side and a little bit of a collision, but so, nothing to do a I, protest. Yeah, 100%. So I, I think um, if you look at it, it's a definite chance. Great form lines to go off. I think it's a genuine contender. It's been running awesome lately. Again, last year, like we mentioned, he ticked the Mooney Valley box. So we know he can get it done at Mooney Valley. Um, he'll get the trip, obviously. He's a Caulfield Cup, um, Melbourne Cup horse. Obviously, he's going to get 2,000 metres. Zara jumps back on board, which is a huge plus. Um, I mean, yeah, he's going the same, if not stronger, than last year's ninth when he rattled off some really quick sectionals there. So... I think he has the makings of a Cox Plate winner, top four all the way, contender. Yeah. Um, we move to my Oberon, who comes out of that King's Charles Stakes. No. Nah. That all you want to say? No, nah, pretender. Yeah, well, he's a pretender for me as well. Um, last year he came out and won on this day, and I was like, yeah, he's the next Zaki. He was very impressive, and he's a bit of dropped off a cliff a bit. The camp maintains that he's a bit of a wet tracker, um, won't get that on the weekend. Um I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he runs well, but I don't think he's up to these unless the heavens opened up and it was saturated. Um, then we move to Pinstriped. No, no chance, Pretender. Yeah, good group two horse, maybe even a group one horse one day, but not a Cox Plate winner, surely not. Good job in getting here, but please, oh, please do not be a speed bump for some better horses and take them out of the race. He's just not up to it, Pretender. Um, the next horse in the field, mate. Fangirl comes out of absolutely giving them a shellacking in the King's Charles Stakes over 1,600 metres. Yeah, and of course Steps we to 2,000 metres. Yeah, I wasn't on it for the first time ever. 2,000 metres for the first um, time in its career. Hasn't ticked that box. Never once gone the distance. Last time it went this long was 1,850 metres in a Group 1, I believe it was the Vinery Stud that it won at Newcastle when Rose Hill got rained out. Um I don't know, interesting form lines to step up into a Cox Plate. What are your thoughts? Um, contender. I'll eat my word. I, I, I can't. I think it can win. There's a little smoky chance. I wouldn't be on it at the odds it's at. But I'm not going to eat my words with this horse if it does win when I do think it is a half chance. Like I said, I wouldn't be getting on it at the price, but I think it can win. Zach Burton's a plus. Last start was perfect, but yeah, it's a bit a bit similar to bright side extra four hundred. It's tough. Don't know if I can do the two thousand meters. Nah. Yep, contender boy. I would love to see her win. I've got a um, affection for it. I threatened to shave my head off if she didn't win a big race uh, this spring, and she's gone and won two. Imagine if she adds a third, and it's a Cox Plate here. Um, like you said, Purton, big plus. Barry's a little tricky. If he can keep her in touch with them. Big chance coming around that bend. I don't know. I think she's as good a chance as any. She gives me massive, massive, very elegant 2021 vibes. Swing wide on that turn. Storm home. Flash into the third, maybe even a second. Whether or not she gets up over the top of all of them remains to be seen late. But, yeah, I think she's a must for exotics. She's definitely going to be going um, 
in mine, I think, yeah, like Waller's a genius. You know, he can produce something out of nothing. He said very elegant, was headed to the Cox Plate, and that was its grand final. Then she came out and won the Melbourne Cup by like six lengths or something. So we know he's a bit of a trickster when it comes to grand finals. So who knows? She might come out and absolutely smash them, which would be nice to see. So, yeah, contender. Um, Duas. Uh, pretender in my eyes. Don't think I can match with the rest. Good horse, just not in this field. Yeah, I'm back off the Jewish train. I got on last start, thought it was going to be able to knock off the blood. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, I mean, chased home solidly, got within two lengths in the end. But, I mean, she has to turn the tables on the blood. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think she's always going to be a decent horse that's won a couple of group ones in her career without being considered, you know, a great horse. Like, I don't know, I'll probably eat my words now. She'll probably run a blind of a race. But she's one of the very few I would genuinely be surprised if it won. So pretender for me, but I mean, in saying that, I'd be very happy to shake the man who was on it if it won and say, yeah, you're just better than me at reading form, clearly. But, yeah, I think, I don't know, pretender. Um, now, Victoria Road, here's the interesting one. Form lines are very, very hard to uh, go off. I actually came across across a tweet earlier. If I can find it, I can explain the form lines because I had to go deep looking because obviously European horse is always hard to read um, here. If I can just find it, it goes through race by race, the form lines of it, of when it won the group one over in America, which Internationals have done before. State of Rest did that before it came over and won in 2021. So clearly it reads well. Okay, here we go. So when it won the Group 1 Breeders' Cup, juvenile two-year-old race, over the mile, um, as three-year-olds, the horses that it beats, here's how they went. The second horse went on to finish fifth in a Group 1 Belmont Derby. Third horse came first at a listed race. Fourth came first at a Group 3. Fifth came fourth in a Saratoga Derby, another one of their big races. Sixth came first in a listed race. Ninth came first in a group two. Eleventh came first in a group two. So the runners behind it have all gone on to somewhat decent things. Its very last run was behind Buckaroo, who came out and didn't do too much in the King's Charles Stakes, but closed off well enough to suggest that 2,000 metres would probably be there or thereabouts. So, interesting form lines. It's hard to get around your head around it, but what are your thoughts? Ah, uh, pretender in my eyes. Just, um, yeah, I haven't seen too much about the horse. I haven't done my probably as much research as I have on the other ones that I've been watching for the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, not enough for me to to to, to kill my own um, Australians. <laughs> so. Fair enough. I'm going to go contender. Very rare does this stable send horses down under and then be bad, let alone send them to a cox plate and let them be bad. So, I mean, that's obviously a big plus sign there. Uh, Hasn't ticked the 2,000-metre box yet, but, I mean, that was in Europe when the competition for middle distance and stayers is much higher than it is in Australia. Um, Like I said, I went through those form lines. Obviously, it's stacked up in the um, after it went and won that group one over 1,600 metres. Um, Blake Shin could literally ride a broom to victory at the moment. He just gets up for fun these days. Sixth barrier, could have him do whatever the camp wants, go back, go forward. It's up to them. Um, I think you have to consider him one of the main threat- threats because he's given me Sir Dragon A vibes, not yeah. just because he's in the same silks, but Sir Dragon A and State of Rest as well, both out of nowhere. They were 
12 $14 chances going in the day, shortened considerably, and then won. Sir Dragon A absolutely smashed them. And I remember being here in this room that we're in right now during COVID watching it and just the money coming for him was crazy. So I think the big telling point if this horse has actually got the goods is look for that betting moves. If it starts to drift, warning signs. If it starts to really come in, get on because obviously someone knows something. Yeah, fair enough. Militarized, mate. Zach Lloyd ridden. Zach Lloyd in a Cox plate. My God, you wouldn't have thought that would happen this time last year. Yeah, well, well, was a funny man. Well, was a funny man. Don't know how he's got it, but he's got it. Um, I'm going to go pretender. Um, only thing that really brings it in is it's um, weight on, on back, 49 kilos, 49.5. But um, I just don't think it's done enough militarized to win a Cox plate. It's... Um, it's nowhere as near as good as Animo was coming into this race, and um, yeah, hasn't seen the two thousands. It's just um, a lot of better horses than it. I don't think it's a contender. I actually got yelled at on Twitter about that. They said that like militarizes probably. Someone said militarizes the best three year old to come into this race since like a Piero or a so you think. And I said Animo clearly plays golf. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, good comment, dickhead. Like. And I was like, well, I, I think it's true. I've got him as contender purely because of that weight, and he is the fringe. He is the very last contender in my list of contenders purely because of the weight. We've seen what he can do um, in previous starts. Yeah, the Guineas run wasn't too flash, but he's a special horse that I think is going to win at least a couple more group ones before he goes to the breeding barn. Zach Lloyd winning would just be absolute madness. I'm thinking more of a flashing home into the the placings because of that weight. We often see three-year-olds do well in this race, not always win. I don't know if there's been heaps of winners previously. The last one was, I think, so you think, in 2009. Don't quote me on that. Um, but they often perform well because 49.5 kilos is feathers. So, I mean, if Lloyd puts him in the right spot and doesn't get lost in the occasion, that is the fact that he's now riding in a cox plate, I think he can definitely maybe put him there, thereabouts. And so, yeah, he's the very lowest contender in my mind. As we go to King Colorado, another three-year-old, 45 and a half kilos. Yeah. He's a pretender for me. Pretender as well. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, I think Feathers, of course, will have him every chance, but he hasn't shown as much as Militarizer's shown. I know he won the JJ Atkins, but, I mean, the Sires and the – I can't remember off the top of my head the other – Group one that Militarized run in the autumn showed that he's probably much better suited for a race like this. 100%. So we've gone through, we've said who can win, who can't win. Where's your money going? Uh, the blood. I think the blood, blood? wins. Um, it's got my money on it, on its on its head. That's my winner. Um, and my trifecta. Go your first four. First four. The blood, romantic warrior, gold trip, um, and then fangirl. Fair enough. I'm going to go with Victoria Road here. Wow. I just, I don't know. I just, I miss the state of rest plunge. I miss the Sir Dragon A plunge. I don't want to miss another one. There are some out there saying that he's going to drift and end up starting 20s. Some are saying he's going to come in and start sevens or sixes. I don't know. It's just so hard to wrap your head around this horse, which makes this race such the great game. It's why it's one of the best races. You know, every single horse realistically has somewhat of a winning chance. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Um, I don't know. I, 
I just yeah, the blood I think very very hard to beat if he can get a length clear going around that bend and really kick away. But from the videos I've seen of Victoria Road running on, I think he gets a little bit of second wind in that later stages. Shin just needs to get him going at the right time because it's all about timing in the Cox Plate, as we've suggested. So I'll go Victoria Road and then top four, Victoria Road, Alligator Blood, Romantic Warrior, and then Gold Trip uh, as my top four. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't wait until race time. It is one of the best two minutes in all of Australian sports, in my opinion. Yeah, it's up there for sure. But, yeah, it's awesome, mate. So Any bets we've mentioned, of course, we'll just remind you, dabble. Shout out to Dabble. Um, Aussie Bookie changing the game of gambling right now. You can just whack any of our bets on using the copy bet button straight into your slips. Put as much as you want on it. But if you are getting on our tips, make sure to do so responsibly. Think about what you could be buying instead and set a deposit limit. Gamble responsibly. All right, mate, out of the Cox Plate, we've got the Around the Ground segment where we go around the country looking for our best bets. Um, that are away from Randwick. Uh, I assume most of them are going to come at Mooney Valley, both the Friday and the Saturday night. I'll go through mine pretty quickly. Friday night, Luna Flair in the Gold Cup at $3.70. Licking my lips at that price. She's one of the top local chances headed into the Melbourne Cup, in my opinion, and she loves the track and the distance, so I only see her running well. Um, Chosen Legend on Saturday at Mooney Valley in the English Banner. We've been dominating the two-year-old races, including another win last week in the Kirkham Plate. So I'm going Chosen Legend, um, $8 to win, $2.80. Uh, trials are good, can knock off the short favourites with Purton on board compared to some of the other ones that are there or thereabouts. But, I mean, how often do you see Zach Purton get to ride one of the two-year-olds? Um, race 5, Prowl West. Very confident that this Kiwi horse can come out and show the Aussie horses how it's done just like it did in the autumn time, $4. I'll definitely be happy to take that. It's a nice-looking price for a horse that's never finished out of the top three. And then we move to Doombin, Midnight in Tokyo at $8 to win and $2.70 to place. I used to love this horse when it was running around Sydney. I thought it was way better than it probably is. But, I mean, the move up to Queensland drops to a much lower class here and a new trainer. I'm going to give her another chance based off that drop to a much weaker class. Happy to go each way on Midnight in Tokyo. Uh, that concludes me, mate. What have you found? Yeah, Moody Valley Friday night, first one. Lombardo, um, race five, $8.00. Um, Black Booker, so I have to mention it. Um, heading to the Saturday, mate. I just got to get it up here, Punters. I believe it is race number four. Yep, inhibitions, race number four, $4.40. All right, mate. Sounds good. We move to the Quaddy Punters at Randwick, race seven, the Spring Champion Stakes. Next tip, Tom Kitten. My tip, Medazzo, you've got Kintyre and Ganbare as well. Uh, race 8, the invitation, you've got Nick's tip, Espiona. You've got my tip, Opal Ridge. You've also got uh, Royal Merchant and Ruthless Dame, the two Mayor and Eustace horses. Um, then you go to race 9, you've got the favourite, Arctic Glamour. You've got Namesake. You've also got Snowman, Nick's tip. And also, for a little bit of value, we're throwing in um, the Queen of Dragons. Uh, and then the last of the day... Gringotts was both our tip. You've also got Fall for Cindy. You've got Russian Conquest, one of our old favourites, and Felix Majestic, who won't stop winning currently. So $50 will get you 19.5% on that. And Nick, finally, of course, best bet around the country all weekend. Where are you going? Why? Um, it's a tough one. I actually need to have a thing. You you go for yours first, mate. 
I'm actually going to go for Prowess. I just think that she was so impressive in the autumn. If she comes over the same horse, it doesn't look like she's gone backwards when she went over to New Zealand. $4, I think, is a great price. Of course, you've got horses like Antino in there who's also looking really good on the up um, at shorter prices. But, yeah, I, I think $4 with that price swing, I'm I'm happy to be on it. Prowess. Yeah, I think – I don't know if it's much. Imperatrice is – Probably the best of the day. Oh, not a best bet though. Surely yeah. dollar forty-five. Um, I won't put it in there. I think it is best of the day. But best I horse of the day, best bet of the day best, though. Best bet of the day. I'll go sequestered two dollars eighty. Race number four. Fair enough, mate. All right. Again, gamble responsibly, punters. If you're listening to this, and I hope you enjoyed our um, Cox Plate runner by runner. Hopefully, we've gone three for three. And then next week, Golden Eagle, big edition. Um, runner by runner for that. And then next week on the Sunday, we'll be releasing a Melbourne Cup edition of the podcast. So get keen for that. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, whack that five-star button and we will see you next week. Shout out to the Cricket Boys. Now you're listening. Uh, That was not four runs. (laughs) See you, punters. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside.